Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. back baby it is the daily stripe it's tuesday july 11th we are already moving through july football is right around the corner so we're gonna def talk some of that today you can see it in the title we need james harden and damian lillard to be traded already so we don't necessarily have to talk about it anymore but it is hot in the news so why not but last night we had a very enjoyable home run derby uh very exciting uh like father like son vlad winning a rose arena was great Julio Rodriguez, the hometown hero, put on a show at least in the first round. And we had a bunch of other players show out. Nick, you had a bet that was pretty interesting in the home run derby. Uh, would you care to keen our listeners in on it? Uh, the over-under on home runs? Yes. Yeah, I took the over-under on home runs hitting the derby, which was 276 and a half, and it smashed it. How early did you smash it? Because they, I think, the I think in the round. second round. I think in the second round. Because I think I checked before the final started, and they were sitting at like three something. Jesus, yeah, that's crazy. And they set yeah, a record Julio. for the for the most home runs in uh, home run derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Do you guys think in the just some quick gut check reactions? Like Julio last year crushed it in the first round. He did the same thing this year, but then <laughs> faltered as as the derby went on. Do you guys think there's obviously you want to get out of the first round and move on, but do you think there's some merit to kind of saving a little bit of your energy for as the, you know, the derby goes on? Yeah, without a doubt, but he was in a terrible position because he was going against Pete Alonso, who was the odds on favorite, the two time champ. So he had to hit as many as possible to make it out of reach for Pete. I mean, honestly, if he, if he hit 30 something, I'm sure Pete could have caught him. Mm. Yeah, Alonzo yeah. is a, is a multi-time champ. Uh, what was the biggest surprise? I know mine was uh, Adolis Garcia being eliminated early. He was my pick to win. <laughs> my final was yeah, Garcia yeah. versus Alonzo. Like, <laughs> uh, I mean, Adley Adley uh, Ruxpin was very surprising. I mean, it was awesome having his dad pitch to him, and he went off in his round, and then flipped it to the to the right side in his bonus time, and pretty much hit every single ball out. That was pretty cool. Um, I think it was just the pace that he wasn't able to to keep up with. I mean, really, the success you had in the Derby, of course, you have to hit the ball well. You have to hit him out. But you're only as good as your pitching. You know, the the, the guys who were, were hitting him out were the ones who had consistent pitching and quick pitching. I mean, Randy's guy was amazing. Um, obviously, Vlad's guy is amazing. I mean, it's his manager. So crazy. Your pitching is is really what kind of does it for you. Adolis's pitching was terrible. It wasn't great. Yeah. And Pete Alonso's was probably the worst that I saw, just in, in regards to too, yeah. he had to go uh, Oppo a bunch of he times. He had to go and he did, which just yeah. you know demonstrates how much power that guy has. He also he took more balls dead centered than any of the other uh competitors as well. But that's <laughs> you know, a, a testament to why Julio was able to hit 41 in that first round because they were exactly where he wanted him and 
you had the broadcast really keyed in on, you know, a lot of it obviously has to do with who's throwing the pitches, but also where the catcher is placing the balls. And uh, yeah, I mean, up and in, in a, in a park that has a really shallow left field porch, if a guy can get around on it, you don't have to use your lower half as much and you can kind of just muscle, muscle the ball out again and again and again. Um, you know, you do want that 30 second bonus, at least in the first round, you have to take two balls over 440. but, uh, Randy didn't get that bonus. I don't believe. Um, no. and you know, you look how far he went. So I, I don't necessarily think it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that Julio wore himself out in the first round. I think part of it is it's a combination of, of the pitching of how tired you are. But again, like you, you, you don't normally have that luxury. Like Nick's saying, when you're across from Pete Alonzo and you're going first, you know, you have to get as many out of the park as you possibly can. And even Adley thought he was like, you know, I, I feel solid about it when he hit 27, which was very respectable in the first round, yeah. but that's not safe. So all of these guys have incredible power. Um, maybe one guy less than the rest of them, although he has hit 26 <laughs> home runs through the, through the season yeah. thus far. I mean, he, he, he's he, gonna lose too. Yeah, he even said he's, I have no chance. You like he, didn't uh, even, we, he didn't even take his time out. I mean, Nick, that happened because Mookie hits before Julio and he hits before Pete Alonso. When he hit like 11 home runs, were you a little bit like, okay, Mookie, like take your 30 second break. Like we need as many home runs as possible. If I'm going to hit this over. No, I wasn't. I wasn't too worried actually at any point. I was like, these guys are, are all hitting at least 20 home runs for the most part besides Mookie. Like Adoles had 17, but everyone else was smashing it. So mm. I, I wasn't really concerned. The thing that about Mookie is like he had no business being in there. It's nice that he his wife said, like, I want him to, you know, have said he's he's done everything in his career. This is one of the things that he hasn't done. Um, super nice, but not that exciting. You don't really deserve to be there. However, I understand that you have, you know, 20 something home runs in the regular season, but it's not because you're a power hitter. You don't have raw power. He's just so he's just got the fastest hands, you know, he's got a quick twitch. And he'll take you deep if you leave a fastball, you know, right at his sweet spot. And they're even showing, I think, the stat casts or, or whatever it may be before the derby started. And I believe it was like where pitches are thrown or like where he hits the ball. And when he gets out in front of it, he hits all of his home runs that way. Nothing is like past like a certain amount of inches or something that he hits his home runs opposed to every other hitter there which just shows you that like they have raw power where they can hit the ball out no matter where it's pitched mookie needs it to be in the exact same spot yeah well if you go it's, it's a lot of good points there uh i mean first of all there's the old saying the faster it comes in the faster it goes out True. uh and and mookie's fast hands you know a fastball coming in mookie can kind of take care of business like you're saying nick and also he's the smallest guy there so all these guys you know, their abilities to go out over the plate, like you guys were saying, Alonzo is his ability to go oppo, but, uh, you know, with balls coming on the outside, like these guys are so strong and so tough and their ability to a spray the ball and B cover a lot of ground with their length helps in this setting versus Mookie, who's a bit smaller and has to muster that power that he may not necessarily have. And, you know, pitching Luis Robert, I felt like I felt like his pitching was great in round one and not as good in round two. But after you saw what happened in round one with him or sadly, like both those guys combining for 55 and all you have to hit is 276. He probably felt pretty good after you saw for those first two guys. Uh, I actually I think a lot of people are starting to see his nickname. It's one of my favorite nicknames in baseball, the Panther. 
I think it's just very fitting for Luis Robert. It's kind of swag. I, I feel like he's getting lost in Chicago a little bit. And we know we talk about him as a potential trade piece. Um, two nicknames on under the charity stripe uh, Twitter that I threw out uh, over the past 72 hours. Uh, uh, Randy, a pose arena based off his cross arm pose. Uh, and Ellie, the jet de la Cruz. Cause he stole home. On, that one on got Sunday. a lot of love. That one both got both got pose arena got decent love, but the LA, the jet uh, de la Cruz. I wanted to get your guys's maybe rank the nicknames out of 10. Uh, and we'll, and we'll average the score before we move on to some basketball. Um, I'll give you a, a seven for creativity for posing a poserina. But when I, when you first said that I was thinking like opposition or like oppo. Okay. Poserina. So kind of confused me for a second, but um, and I think for Ellie, I'll, I'll give that a nine. Okay, cool. I'll toss. Yeah. I'll match the rating on Ellie. The nine is very fitting. That shot, the, the snapshot of him stealing home is iconic. It's yeah. everywhere right oh, now. Oh, the photo of the year. Yeah, it's a super cool photo. Um, Poserina, I'm I'm like at a I'm at a three or a four on that one. I, I, knew I, also, gonna, I knew you were going to be a tough critic. <laughs> Thank I, you. Nick. I also uh, <laughs> didn't get the the bit. I thought it was like you're calling him a poser because you like actually don't think he's that good. You don't. You're not buying. No, it. I think he's so sick. we. So I get that, but now Nick, myself, and you have taken three different things from the nickname, and because of that, I can't say that it's a good nickname because no one knows what it means. Fair. I thought with the pose that he typically does, but maybe we maybe we need to see him do the pose more. Uh, yeah. in the national spotlight. I actually love a Rosarena. He was he my MVP. Dark, I think it was my MVP dark horse this year. It's not going to happen, but I, I, that was my pick for MVP dark horse. Um, I wanted him to hit with the boots on. The boots are sick. I, you know, like that's a, thank you for bringing up the boots before we get into uh, NBA, uh, because I it just no, it's cool that like. We're getting to see the personalities of the players more this year. And we're getting to get like the, the, the best thing that the NBA has done. And, you know, it's helped them and hurt them throughout the past couple of years. It's such a star driven league. Like we know the stars, the stars are vocal. Do I think Bo Bichette did a good job on the mic yesterday? Not really, but that was like the right idea. Like giving the guys the microphone, letting a Rosarina wear the cowboy boots, like all of it's like interviewing these guys. And, what was your gripe with Bo Bichette? He just didn't really do much on the mic, but he seemed cool. Like he's like his. I think JD Bo, was funny. Yeah, yeah. Bo's Bo swag is next. He might. He's definitely top ten swaggiest players in the in the MLB. His swag. I is thought. Next. I actually. I thought it was cool that haircut. like he he clearly. Yeah. He, he needs doesn't. A haircut, you said. <laughs> th- there's a loss in translation between him and his yeah. teammate Vladdy, but they still are boys, and you could still see that. Like they still dapped each other up, even though you know, Bo wasn't necessarily like on the same wavelength and understanding everything that was being said, not only by Vladdy, but all the other Spanish speaking uh, MLB players that, that surrounded Vladdy when he was taking his breaks. But it's a cool event and a unique event in the sense that you actually can talk to those guys like in between in the 30, in the 30 second break. And um, it, it's an event that gets the rest of the MLB players who aren't competing involved and excited to watch these guys. And that's the one other thing that I had from, from Mookie's standpoint is like he clearly has never done a home run derby before. Right. And that's one thing that isn't necessarily talked about is like how many of these guys actually practice doing that? Um, Because a lot of them take BP and they're trying to take the ball 460 feet. Like Sammy Sosa used to do, you know, before he would 
before he would um, actually start a full nine innings. So that was one thing I found really, really interesting is like Mookie is like, if you take, if there's a ball outside, like he's going to take it oppo and he's going to try and line it, you know, down the line. So he can turn that into a two or three bagger. And that's just kind of how his mind works. So like seeing how these guys approach the game, the only way you get that is if you have those commentary, um, the interviews from JD and obviously like, I wanted JD to just grab the bat and take a few swings. Cause at, at that point we had seen enough for Mookie. That's, a, that's what they were saying. They're like, if this was like WWE style, like could, could he tag you in? And he's like, I yeah. wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, he yeah. should have just done it. He actually should have just done it. It would have been funny. The only guy that definitely practices is Alonzo. You know, Alonzo wants this. He wants it too bad. Like now he wants it every too day, bad. dude. That guy, yeah, he loves, loves this event. He loves this event. Uh, I did have on our list though. I know I've been teasing the NBA heavily in the title and, and coming up, but quickly one wish for the second half of the MLB season you guys have as a whole from just like an overarching baseball view. And then maybe one wish for your personal teams other than, other than the obvious, just to turn it around, maybe a bit more uh, specific, unfortunately for your pods, Nick. I mean, that's really the only thing you could say right now uh, about a team that is like not performing to what they should be. I mean, I guess I could just say, put it all together at the same time, because at the early start of the season, our pitching was stellar, right? Our bullpen was amazing. Offense couldn't get it going. Now starting pitching has been great. Offense has been great, but the bullpen is faltering. They don't have a clean game in the last like 30 games or something they are just blowing it left and right. So in an, in a, a, a broader way of saying, turn around, put it all together at the same time. You know, there's not much you need to do on the roster. Maybe DFA Matt Carpenter, cause he's useless. <laughs> uh, I mean, they DFA'd Nelson Cruz before him, probably because, you know, he had a smaller contract and, uh, Carpenter's owed 6 million each year, but whatever, you know, you're, you're growing, almost a billion dollars to, to, to four guys already. So it doesn't really matter. Like just let that money go. Give that roster spot to someone who can actually produce Add a DH, maybe Candelario from, from Washington and then go sure up the bullpen, go get some arms, go get Lang from uh, Detroit, you know, go get, mm, wow. go, go get jo- Jordan Hicks from, from St. Louis. Mm. And then, you know, make, or if you're not going to do that, just, let bygones be bygones. Get rid of Snell. Get rid of Hater for what they're worth right now. If you're not gonna make the playoffs, and then maybe even entertain a, a trade for Soto. You know, I mean, see what you can get while the values are an all time high. Because every game that you that you spend, you know, without with him on your roster, you're losing value because it, it just gets quicker and quicker to his free agency expiring. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's I, putting it all together is a big takeaway, and I think you know we've seen some of the we've seen. A lot of the different Padres players excel, but all at different times. So I think that's a good point. Hicks, Lang, uh, Candelario are really great targets. Uh, Heimer Candelario has been great for the National. Yeah. He's been good all his whole career. Uh, Toss, uh, one wish you have for your Texas Rangers? Well, f- for me, you know, I think coming into the season, it was just about, you know, beating expectations, hitting the over on our regular season wins, and becoming a relatively competitive baseball club and Mm. we've already exceeded those expectations we had a rocky ish finish pre all-star break um and the astros have closed the gap so my wish for them is that they beat the astros and take the division i think it's really important for this club 
Um, I, I think for them to be taken seriously and look, they could be a wild card team and be the, the second best team in the AL West at the end of the season and still have a good record and get to the playoffs. Um, but I think it would be really meaningful for them to, to get it done and, and win the AL West. So mm-hmm. um, they need to stand pat there. And I mean, I think they've only got two games up on the, on the Astros right now. And then outside of that, another team, you know, that I'm looking at at the beginning of the season, I think my AL pick was the guardians. They have finally taken the AL central, you know, now that we're at the all-star break. Yeah. Right at 500. But if they win that division, you know, they're in a pretty good spot. So I'd like to see them bounce back and have a really dominant second half of the season. Um, just to, just to make my pick come true because, you know, up until the all-star break, I have not felt very confident about that pick that I made, but they do have a great closer. They obviously have a guy, you know, who's a perennial MVP candidate in the AL and a guy that you really, you love Josh, like you're a huge Jose Ramirez fan. Um, I know Nick and I like him too, obviously, but you've always kind of been in his corner. Um, but yeah, man, I just, for the Rangers, just beating the, it's beating the Strohs and the Strohs have been gaining and gaining and the chirping gets more and more and look like we don't like them. No one likes them in the MLB. So I feel like it's a cause that everybody can get behind. Um, and I'd love to see the, I'd love to see the Reds hold on to it in the NL central as well. Oh, the Brewers are putting sorry. together a good season, but um, team Reds, that's your, that's your overarching team Reds. Yeah. I mean, these teams that we didn't expect to be there, my overarching is I'd like them to hold on and not just be first half wonders. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my overarching. Please. I want Otani just to continue the dominance and just put together the craziest season you've ever seen. Go for 60 home runs and strike out 250 batters. That'd be insane. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll bet the knee to that one, Nick, and both yours actually probably would <clears throat> both be on my wish list for the Reds to hang on and, and head to the playoffs. So we see Ellie the Jet, De La Cruz. That Nick sounds like that's the nickname that's sticking. Uh, head to the playoffs and Otani. Um, uh, and and my guess piggybacking on, I want to see Otani moved. I love trades. I love I love general manager aspect of things, and I'd love to see Otani on the move. Uh, sorry, Angels fans, but that's probably my overarching wish. And I would guess my Red Sox wish. Uh, go for it. Like you're a five games above five hundred. You're two games two back games in the wild, wild card. Like you have Brian Bayo, okay? You have Paxton, who's been awesome. Like you have two good frontline starters. Nick, you talked about poaching the Cardinals for your team. Go poach the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, get him as a rental and make him your number three starter and then have Cutter Crawford as your fourth fourth guy. You're getting John Schreiber back. He was a really big piece in the bullpen. Uh, he's beginning his rehab assignment. So getting him back with Chris Martin uh, and Kowski to, to set up Kenley is all of a sudden the pitching's there and you you may have a top five outfield in baseball with uh, Verdugo, Matma, Yoshida, and, 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 and Jaron. Like those are, that's a really seriously talented outfield with Rob Ref Snyder, who's a nice fourth outfielder in the mix. I can uh, see, uh, you know, as the days go on, I can really see the Cardinals potentially selling on Paul Goldschmidt. We've been saying it, like, do it. Like, what's they the... Should. I mean, he's he's a free he's a free agent after 2024. So you've gotten a lot out of his contract. So you basically have a season and a half. You have what Soto is. It's not that high of a contract. I mean, he's his base salary each year is $22 million. He's got a $4 million signing bonus each season. So 
$26 million, um, you know, to your team cap. And that's like less than what Machado is making. That's less than what Soto is making. That's less than Tatis and what Bogarts are making. Like this guy can help you win a world series if you're a team that's right there. So I think that's a, a guy to really look out for. Um, one thing I saw the other day at the all-star break, two of the teams that were slotted to make the playoffs at the all-star break, right? If you, if you did the, the playoff picture as it stood at the break, two of the teams did not make it last year. Are there any teams for you that are currently poised to make the all-star or sorry, to make the playoffs at the all-star break that you do not foresee making the playoffs. So as it stands right now, we've got the Rays, the Orioles, uh, the Blue Jays, the Guardians, the Rangers, and the Astros. That's the AL. And the NL, we've got Atlanta, Miami, uh, Cincinnati, LA Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Giants. Any pretenders in there? I think that... I'll, I'll throw mine out. I think the Kings. Giants will, will miss the playoffs. It's probably where I'm at too. I think the Phillies catch them. I I think the, I don't think the Diamondbacks are any are, are are super safe per se, and they probably have to do something. Maybe a little Norwegian buyback with Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know. Uh, they have Christian Walker. Uh, but that'd be funny. I uh, I think the Marlins. I don't think the Marlins are pretenders. I think they're legit. Like. To me, Sandy can totally put it together again. And I'm not saying he's going to Cy Young, but he can get back to form. And all of a sudden, they're pitching with him, Yuri Perez, and, and Braxton Garrett, and, and Jesus Lazardo. Like, that could be one of the best, if not the best, uh, rotation, you know, in the National League. And they could be a team that goes, get, goes and gets Paul Goldschmidt. Like, if he is available and, you know, they're like, okay, we're not scoring enough runs and that's what we need help with, maybe they go get him. But I'm with you. I think the fish are in. I, 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 like, I like the Giants to fall to the Phillies here. I see that. I see that happening. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect two teams from the NL Central, you know, so it's, it's likely not going to be the Brewers who they're knocking on the door. They're actually ahead of the Phillies right now if you're just looking at win percentage. Um, I know obviously we trust the Phillies a lot more and given that they're the team that made the world series from the NL side last year. Um, I would be remiss if I just didn't mention that, that the AL is, is tricky to predict, but it's not like we would be surprised if the Yankees ended up in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the angels have slid, and now the Mariners are in the three spot in the AL West, but I, I haven't seen enough from the Mariners to to kind of put them in that same category as the Phillies to make that jump. Um, Cause I do believe at this point, like wh- why should we think that the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are worse than the Mariners? I don't I think they're all better teams than them. And I think they, they know who they are and they have, they have a more concrete identity. Um, so I think the giants is a good pick. It's, it's, it's too tough to call it in the AL. I would say there's no one that's like sticking out that I'm like, Oh, they're going to blow it. Yeah, I, and Nick, you probably know this better than us because it's your division. But I, I hate picking against the Giants because somehow, some way, they they're they're pesky. They just they always put together a team. And you're like, how did how are we here in August, late August, and a team we thought would be fourth in the division 
is right there with the division lead. I just, I, I, they are always, they're really, they're an amazing organization. Like there's nothing, maybe yeah, it's because the ball. It's not quite so the same, but I, I feel a little bit about them, how I feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers where I'm like, just when you think that they're going to suck, they just always are so competitive and know exactly great how to play is. the game and get wins. I mean, I think that's a great comp. You don't, you don't win three world series in like a span of 10 years by accident. I mean, they, there's a there's something that they do right in the organization that is um, top tier and doesn't matter who they have a manager doesn't have doesn't matter who they have in their organization. There's a lot of guys on this roster that you're questioning, like, who is this guy or or even guys that are like, this guy's way too old. Right. Like Brandon Crawford's been doing it forever. Last year, Brandon Bell, like random guys are on this roster and they find success. I think they're just really good at evaluating talent and maybe unlocking hidden talents too. Um, when they're down you know, at the bottom of the division, they don't stay down there very long. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.